Hello, all, and welcome to the Fantasy and Sci-Fi Fanatics Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Kubal. Today, I have with me a returning guest, Mark Timoney. Mark, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thank you very much for having me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm great. You know, anytime that we get to chat, you know, particularly on Zoom, I'm, I'm feeling good. So I got some ideas and things swirling around my head. Like I said, I'm jealous of your Excellent. logo. So <laughs> definitely be be uh, be working hard to, to try and match your uh, tenacity uh, you know, in terms of that regard. So, uh, so if you guys don't know, Mark, uh, has been on with us before we had a couple of different, um, episodes come out at the start of season one, we are now in season two. Um, I'm always excited, Mark, you know, we can get somebody back on, uh, particularly for multiple seasons. So I never thought that when you and I talked, you know, in August, uh, uh, you know, that we'd be back here, uh, you know, almost a year later. So it's really yeah, exciting. No, you're you doing got, really you know, well. It's exciting. Well, I'm really excited for your novella. Um, I know we talked about, you know, novellas before, uh, but I'm really excited that, you know, that you have yours and it's good to go. Finally so. got it out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's a feeling. novella. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair, that's fair. Uh, so for that first one, what is your novella Starbinder about and how did you come up with this idea? Uh, Starbinder is about a young girl, uh, Rihanna. And it's about her journey. Um, it's really hard to not to, to, to give too much away. <laughs> I know that feeling. It's not very long. Um, <laughs> basically, um, she is well born to become a, a Shalloway Starbinder, who, which is one of the orders of kind of magic user type order in my world. Um, and if you've read Blood of the Spear, then um, you would be familiar with the Shalloway Starbinders in there. They're more um, seers. Um, and they don't use the same type of magic that the rest of the uh, magic users, the Soralis um, or the Witch Covens use. Um, slightly different. And again, I don't want to give too much away mm. in it, but it has a slight kind of a science fiction or um, technology-based edge to, to what they mm. do. Um, and she's born to a group of people called the Wanderers who were displaced during the Sundering. Oh, that's cool. Um, where they're, um, the realm that they lived in, Menestrillion, sunk basically became a sea, um, the Nemestrillian Sea in the middle of the continent, the split continent of Athme. Mm -hmm. um, they don't have a homeland and they're kind of um, disparaged by most people um, and they wander the land in caravans. It's a little bit like, you know, what gypsies, although I believe that's not a politically correct term anymore. So I shouldn't use that one. Um, but similar to that, the Romani. Um, and they that the Nemestrillians had a very strong ties with the Starbinders. Um, and there was a prophecy that um, a Starbinder would be born to lead the Shalloway um, and the world um, when the Demon Queen comes again and the Emperor and an, another Emperor is found. Mm. Um, which is what Blood of the Spear and the Eye of Eternity main series is all about. So it's a kind of a, a prelude to the main series um, or a prequel. Um, it's a loose prequel. 
mm. but it's a introduction introdu introductory story in some ways um though people who've read blood of the spear first and pick it up will get a lot of easter eggs oh that's um, cool as well so yeah <laughs> that's kind of what it's about without telling you too much I know it's hard with, you know, with a novella, yeah. uh, you know, like I was saying before we got recording, I got one that I'm working on and it's like, it's not that long. So it's yeah, like, it's not that long. I don't want to yeah. give too much stuff away. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I was sorry. The other part of your question is where did I come up with the idea? Nope. Yep. Yeah. So <laughs> originally Starbinder was a, the prologue for the blood of the spear. Oh, okay. Was much much shorter than it is now, <laughs> um, and yeah, I, that's that's. I had originally, in fact, it was the first prologue I ever wrote. Oh wow! Um, when we're talking about twenty years ago, it ended up on the cutting room floor. I think I wrote about five or six different prologues before mm. I finally settled on the one that we open the blood of the spear with. Um, so it was originally going to be the starting point for the blood of the spear. And then I was thinking after I'd done the blood of the spear, you know, it's a really good idea to have a novella out, something small. And if I can give it away as an ebook to, to readers as well, that's really cool. What could, you know, what could I use or what could a story be? And then I was thinking about Starbinder was, and it was one of the reasons that it ended up not being, prologue for blood of the spear was that it's kind of a self-contained story and it's not directly related to the main characters of the blood of the spear mm. so it kind of felt like odd to have this yeah it gives yeah. a bit of a setup to what has happened and what will possibly happen later um but it's like well what's the point of it at the beginning of the blood of the spear there's no real point but it um, was something that I really liked. Mm. I liked what I'd done. Um, so, and also I'd fleshed the world out a lot more since then. So when I went back to it, my writing style had completely changed as well. <laughs> I think it was originally omniscient narration and I now write in type third person. Um, so there was a lot of rewriting to be done and then fleshing out of different parts and bringing different things into it um so that's kind of where the idea for it came from it was originally a prologue oh, that's cool blood of the spear i think that just it goes was, to show you know oh go ahead yeah it was, it was also called star well originally oh, okay and um when i was um talking to felix <laughs> about the cover art um he was he came back as like let me guess is the book called starbinder and i was like you know what it's not but it should be <laughs> so we changed i changed it from starwell or the well of stars to um starbinder mm. yeah i like it it's got a brandon sanderson-esque like you know yeah like title to it. i don't know i don't know why yeah. it, just, it feels that way to me um it also like too like the cover um also really makes me like everything makes me think like if you, I feel like if you took your name off of it and put Brandon's there, like it would totally fit. Like it was just so weird. I was like, Oh, that's so yeah. cool. Cause at first I was like, Oh, someone's sharing another Brandon Sanderson book. And I saw it was yours. 
in your post. I was like, that's Mark's book. I was like, that looks yeah. so good. Yeah. I so love really... the cover. Oh, it's, it's amazing. Beautiful. Yeah. yeah that's um, awesome. It's a little bit it's different to what Felix normally does as well. Yeah. But, yeah, um, yeah. 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 The colors for me are really striking are actually quite fitting. Um, funnily enough. So again, like um, blood of the spear, it is a scene from the story. Oh, cool. Cool. Um, so yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. it's awesome. Who are we kidding? Felix is a chameleon. He can do anything at this point. Like, <laughs> I know. Yeah, he's he is amazing. I know he he always talks about that. You know, loving to you know push the boundaries and learn something new and you know mm. work on those skills. And I'm like, I I feel that. I'm like, you know, he's writing. I'm like, yeah, he's yeah, got yeah. In abundance. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's like Dirk Ashton said when they interviewed him on their two interviews on Wizards Wars and Words, and he was like. You know, he's like, it's not fair that Felix can do all these different mediums and things. He's like, I can only write like a few different ways. You know, I'm, yeah. like, I'm like, I understand that. I'm like, I feel like, you know, you know, writers are envious, of, you know, of artists at times to be able to. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, and also because I want to be able to pull these scenes out of my right? head myself and right? do them. It's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. oh, I'd love to have that scene. I can put it on the website or whatever. And it's like, no, yep. I've got to contact Felix and then yep. wait a couple of months till he has an opening and save my money so I can pay him for it. And yep. it's just yep. like, damn it. Yeah, I did know an author years ago that used to do his own. I mean, he, he, he you know, spent oh, took so many yeah. courses. I mean, yeah, absolutely. But, or you could be like Jenny Wirtz. She does her yeah, covers yeah. and she does her internal art and it's amazing. And oh, it's it looks just incredible. Like, you know, she needs a break from whatever and she turns to her to a um easel and goes and draws or paints or whatever. And it's just yeah. like and it's from the world that she's been living in these past. I remember picking up the first uh, Curse of the Mistraith book back in the nineties. Mm. Um and you know she's finally coming up on the last book it's been such a long um haul for her but gosh they're good and they're getting yeah. a lot of um attention recently as yeah, well yeah, yeah. which is great but um so i'm giving her a plug now go and read the curse of the mysteries if you have but jenny was um it's really good um i'm actually not sure my because my my mom asked me she was like i think i got you one of her books years ago and i was like i knew i read one but you know, because I remember the name and I remembered absolutely loving it. And I'm like, this is the time, Mark, where <laughs> I get to read like Anne McCaffrey. Right. Yeah. Um, with book one where I get to it's been so long that now I get to read that book for the first time again. Yeah. yeah. You know, and it's like we always talk about yeah. that, you know, and I get to do it for I got to do it, you know, for um, for book one for Anne McCaffrey. I don't know why I'm blanking. Um, Dragon Song. Uh, I think it was. And then, yeah, for, for her as well, I was like, oh, that's so cool. Like, we just discovered that the other day because I was like, I told my mom, I was like, you got to see this. You know, my mom's a interior designer and she got me yeah. art as a kid. And, you know, she, we, we've we've always loved her covers and just the art. I mean, she's like, yeah, I got you that. I'm like, did not know that. So I'm really excited because I just got book one again. So, yeah, that's yeah. really cool. I was really excited to see that, you know, um, she had such a cool blurb uh, for you. And then you moved to your book cover. Yeah, so. that was amazing. It was, you know, it was completely, I mean, she, I've known her via the internet for years. I've been reading her books and I've been a member of her um, forums on her website. And um, because I worked uh, in the book trade in Sydney, 
I had some contacts with HarperCollins and so mm. I was able to get um, early copies of her next release and stuff like that. Oh, and I think cool. at one stage, Harper sent me the manuscript of one of the books and I read it and I was able to, you know, tell her I was reading it and also give her some feedback on stuff like that. And oh, that's cool. She's very, very supportive of the writing community, especially the indie community. Oh, yeah. I've seen her all over the yeah, place. She just seems yeah. so nice. And she's um, always said, you know, if I can do anything to help, let me know. Um, and I just messaged her. I said, would you possibly be open to reading the book? And if you like it, give me a cover blurb. And she was like, yep, I'm in the middle of the last book at the moment. So I may be slow, but send it through to me. And I did. And she got back to me with a cover blurb and she really enjoyed it and has spoken about it a couple of times on other podcasts, oh, that's awesome. since, though, which is really nice um so yeah kind of blows my mind to see her name on the or the getting the covers updated as i was talking to you about earlier um and got the covers updated with her cover blurb on the front of them so really excited yeah 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 that's just that's super cool i i just feel like she's one of those people when i think of how you know like how i would like to treat people in that you know like where she's at and i just think that not everybody does that and to me that's just no, awesome and yeah like I and I just see more and more people say that about her and it just it makes me feel good to be part of the community um you know with people like that so I was very very happy to see that when you had posted it so that was super yeah. cool you're I'm really excited for everybody to see Mark's uh new <laughs> stuff so <laughs> it looks yeah, awesome me too <laughs> Uh, so for this number, uh, second two question. So what approaches did you take with this novella versus your first novel? Um, well, yeah, it was, it was interesting because the, the prologue that I was basing it on was already finished. So what I needed to do is give it a beginning, a middle and an end to make sure that there was an arc in the story. Mm. Um, so I guess the difference was that it was well. It was already written. <laughs> I guess is the main thing I can say to that. Um, so I had to do some rewriting, mm. but um, given the amount of work I'd done over the years writing Blood of the Spear, that tended to be fairly easy mm. to adjust stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then I just needed to rearrange what I'd done um, as a novella, uh, as a prologue, expand it out, and give it some resolution um one of my readers um she read it the other day and and emailed me to say that she loved it and she hopes to see more of the of rihanna in the future mm. um and um the wanderers as well who she come where oh, she comes cool. from and that the, she felt that the story deserved to be a full novel <laughs> No, not just a um, short novella. There needs to be more. And there is kind of more. So it doesn't finish everything. It leads you into, well, what's next? What happens next? Where does it go from here? And, well, that's like 2,500 years later, the blood of the spear. Um, and there are reasons behind the, the time gap. Um, and that get that are obvious once you you know read more <laughs> um so i guess my the the main difference was that i knew 
the world. There wasn't as much world building I needed to do mm. when I was writing it. Um, I was able to, to kind of fit it into the stage that was already set. I did have to change the time period. So I had to take into consideration that mm. they were um, in a time that was coming out of what was known as the ages, the age of darkness um, after the sundering. Um, and reference that I also was able to to reference things that happen in the future that you see in the blood of the spear oh, um, cool. or or give the connecting the connect the dots between where they were and what they were to what they become in the blood of the spear um, so I was able to throw those types of things in I was even able to get a couple of Things that were referenced in the Blood of the Spear and never expanded upon um, the Ave as a mm. race um, in this world of Sobia that um, were referenced in Blood of the Spear, but nobody's actually seen or interacted with any of them mm. in the books. And I was able to bring that into Starbinder um, a little more. So, um, oh, that's cool. Yeah, I guess the difference was I had something to play off. Yeah, already. Yeah, yeah. Whereas when I was writing Blood of the Spear, there was nothing to play off. It was all brand new. I had to set everything up. I feel that's why most people do do you know book one and then set up you know the novella because you know the world building is done and <laughs> half your work is done, um, depending on how your math is. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so I, I definitely have you know noticed that more and more, and that's where my friend was like, "Oh, it's interesting that you tried writing novella and it just turned into a novel." <laughs> and I'm like, "Well, I'm like the world building wasn't done, and this, this, and that." So I definitely feel like that's why. Yeah, I think it's smart. I think particularly with you saying, you know, with marketing, and you know, now you have you know the novella, you know, for the newsletter. So I've definitely yes. seen it do really well in the past for people. So yeah. Um, well, yeah, fingers crossed that um, it continues with that. Obviously, I'm, I'm writing. I got some wood here for you. So I'm Thank you. On it. Thank you. Yeah, knock on wood. <laughs> um, I'm working on book two, and I know it's not going to take me as long as it took me to write book one to write book two. I'm hoping I might have the first draft completed by October. Oh, that's exciting. Um, and then rewrites, unless there are major issues, wouldn't take me that much longer to go through, I don't think. So I'm hoping early next year, book two might come oh, that's out, awesome. which is a little bit longer than I had planned, and or that is traditional for the indie, the indie author field. The indie authors are like, you got to get it out every six months. You got to have a new book <laughs> out, and I'm like, I just don't write that quickly. Maybe I, my speed will increase as I go along. I did stop and work on the novella. I was like, you know what? I need to get this out. I need to get something quicker. This will be done before book two. So let's get some stuff happening. And I yeah. just got so much over the time writing Blood of the Spear, I created so much lore and history that ended up on the cutting room floor. That there's yeah. so much room for other stories. And it's like, well, you can pick this up and it does connect to the main sequence. So there's relevance. Um, so, all right, let's 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 go with that because another prologue that I had written is actually worked in, two of them actually have worked their way into book two. Oh, wow. So um, with some adjustments and tweaking so they don't read like uh, prologues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they're actually part of the story. So, um, oh, that's cool. Uh, yeah, so that's exciting as well for me. 
I was like, oh, I, this stuff isn't wasted. You know, yeah, there's yeah, this yeah. backstory or this history that I'd created that can be used and is yeah. relevant and has, you know, so um, that's exciting. Um, yeah. <laughs> I just like that you use stuff off the credit room floor because I do that all the time. <laughs> like I had a yeah. friend, I think I told, I don't know if I told you where I had a friend who like trashed a whole novel and deleted it. He was like, it's awful. And I'm like, why would you do that? I'm like, why? No. And Kelly McCullough had said that. So I love his Fallen Blade series. So again, I talk about it all the time. So listeners, go check out Kelly McCullough Fallen Blade series. And while you're there, might as well pick up Mark's book too. Um, you know, because <laughs> you get, you know, because you get a percentage off now because it's Memorial Day sale off of Amazon. So you might as well just do this. Um, yeah. But it's it was amazing where he was telling me that he had cut his character and then, you know, trashed this book, came back to it years later after Webmage and then was like, oh, I actually have a better idea. And I'm thinking like this amazing character that I love and this, you know, this series would never have happened if he had just clicked delete. You know, and I said to my friend, I was like, I, I go, you might have just deleted Dritz Jordan for me or, yeah. you know, or Randolph Thor or somebody you know i'm like you why (laughs) yeah i'm like no i'm like just just put it somewhere deep and dark and don't worry about it again but maybe one day you know i just it drives me crazy when people you know throw that stuff out it just it drives i don't i don't throw out anything yeah i never um never got rid of these things because i didn't feel that they were good enough or that they didn't work uh, in how they were written although Mm my writing style has changed so adjustments need to be made now yeah yeah um but it was more a case of does this work for what i'm doing with the story Mm. and for you know there is so much pushback on prologues from people i never read them they're rubbish they don't i love them (laughs) i love prologues you know no and they're right not all prologues work yeah 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 picked up one book and I'm like, this prologue is not grabbing me at all. What am I doing here? Um, whereas I pushed through it into, into chapter one and I'm like, well, this is really good. But if I'd stopped at the prologue, I wouldn't have gotten mm. here. So yep. um, yeah, it doesn't always work. And maybe some people will say that they don't think my prologue worked. My One of my editors was like, mm, do you really need this prologue? And I'm like, finish reading the book and come back and tell me if it's not worth it. If the prologue doesn't, round out or kind of she came back and she's like yeah okay it works it's you've bookended you've bookended it so yeah okay it works we'll keep it um thanks <laughs> we will <Good. laughs> um but i mean look i it can't all be bad um i had submitted or uh, i had applied for the independent fantasy fund grant um that um, Zach Argyle and Hillary, his wife Hillary, had put together their first one, and you submit the the way they had for the the, the first um, grant um, submissions. You um, sent in ten pages mm. of your book, and that included my prologue. And I ended up uh, being a recipient of the grant. And oh, and that's they awesome. Read the, they'd read the prologue and they liked what they'd read enough to go hey here you go mark congratulations we'd like to offer you a grant which is being used in the production costs for book two um so i it can't 
yeah, I don't know. You always second guess yourself, <laughs> but it, it mustn't be that bad. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, all these prologues that I'd written, um, basically ended up in my mind a little bit like character sketches in some regards. Mm, um, and some of the prologue or one of the prologues no longer matches how the story mm. went. It changed a lot, but I really like some of the writing in it, so I might be able to use it again. Yeah, yeah, I might be able to adapt it into something else. Um, so I've kept it. Yeah. It's in my files. I'm not going to delete it. Um, and then the other two more recent prologues that I discarded, I'm like, oh my gosh, this one is flashbacks for one character. And I'm like, yep, taking that. We're going to use <laughs> this so people understand his backstory. And then... And it will be the other one is flashback as well for two characters <laughs> that will, that I'm going to be able to um, bring into the end of the book. So book that's two. cool. So um, I'm like, yeah, these were good and they were worthy. But at the beginning of the whole adventure, they didn't quite fit. Yeah, yeah. But they fit later. So hmm. you never know when that puzzle piece is going to fit. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I think it's better to leave on the table so you could still see where it could fit later than throw it in the trash. Yeah, <laughs> yeah for sure. Yeah, it killed me. I, I couldn't believe it. I was like, oh, man. All right. So for that third one, did you find it easier to write? Well, you said you said it was a little bit easier, right? Because you already oh, had yeah. your foot in that world. I could only imagine. Yeah. I mean, I. Yeah, it was easier to write. Yeah, um, it was easier to expand as well. And also my. um I don't know, grasp of story structure mm. has changed a bit as well. That makes so sense. So I will write the scene. And as I'm writing it, I'm really thinking about, I'm not a big one for planning. Like mm. I have um, points in the yeah, marks yeah. in the story that I yep. want to hit. And the in-between is kind of like a little bit of discovery. Yeah. yeah. Um, so in some degrees, I'm a bit of a, pan a, bit of a pantser. Um but I had these points that I wanted to hit in the expansion of the story and things were just like coming up and appearing as I was going. I'm like, oh yeah, that fits, that works. Oh, I can take this from here. I can reference that. You know, um, I need something here. You know, um, <clears throat> there needs to be more oomph. You know, like uh, there needs to be a fight. There needs to be something. There needs to, there needs to be some action. That um, and those things, I would never have picked up the first time around mm. when I was writing my first draft of Blood of the Spear. This stuff happened after when I was looking at what I'd written and considering what was the flow of the story and what was needed to um you know engage the reader but also to make the story more dynamic yeah, yeah um and so that's something that comes to me a lot faster for instance i'm writing chapter three of book two at the moment and i was working on it yesterday and i kind of plotted it out a bit i was like oh, i don't really know where this is going because it's different to writing book one book one my main characters are all together in a group for the majority for the most yeah, yeah, of the book yeah. until the very end. 
And then they kind of split off and go their separate ways. And so in book two, they're not all together and they're all off and I've got to do chapters or tell the story of where they're at and what's going on as keeping it uh, tight to the overarching story arc, overriding reaching story arc, um, as well as being individual. So I'm like, I don't know <laughs> how this is working and like how I'm splitting the chapters up and who, you know, you get one person in one chapter and the next we go somewhere else and have a look at somebody else. So I'd written points down for what I wanted to happen, what I thought I wanted to happen to this chapter. And as I was writing it, I was it's doing okay. And then this morning <laughs> I was doing my um, laundry and was thinking about it and this whole other section has just come to me that feels better mm. and feels right and kind mm. of like I was worrying about it it's come really quickly yeah um at the exact point I'm at to write next so I can kind of go in without having to make too oh, many changes cool. and just pick up and I found that happening when I was writing or expanding Starbinder mm. um that that sort of stuff came to me a lot faster than it did writing the first draft of Star of um, the Blood of the Spear. It's um, so I've I've changed as a writer. I guess I've grown. Yeah, um, yeah. A bit. There is more planning involved to a degree, but at the same time, there's that spontaneity um, that just keeps coming up out of the subconscious. That's yeah, yeah. coming, you know, working away somewhere in the back of my brain and connections <laughs> are being made that I'm not aware of. And it's just like, you here, yeah, it's this. I've still got to do the work and actually get it onto the page. But yeah, yeah. it's like, yeah, wow. It's, um, yeah, exciting. It happens to me every day at school because, like, the night before yeah. I'll be, like, I'll plan ahead and then I wake up yeah. in the morning and then I have an idea and it's so much better. And then my poor co-teacher, sorry, Mike, if you're listening to this, so I go in and then I'm like, we got to change this. He's like, what? I'm like, this is better. And you just like, yeah, that is better. I'm like, I don't know why I didn't think of it yesterday. Probably because it was after school and then we were tired. And I'm like, and I feel like that's how writing is sometimes. You're just yeah. like, you know. Your brain just works on it in the background. Yeah. yeah and like, if I feel like I do, I do the same thing. I, I agree with you. I do like a loose outline. Like I know that these things have to happen, but at the in-between, you know, I think, I think I just need, otherwise I have too much of an outline and then I get bored. First of all, yes. I have to. That was my big thing. I, I mean, Blood of the Spear was not the first novel I wanted to write ever. Um, I had wanted to write another one when I was in high school and I basically plotted the entire thing out, every single chapter. And by the time I'd done that, I was like, oh, well, I've written in my head now. I'm bored. <laughs> yeah. I don't What's the point? Yeah. Flesh it out. Yep. Yep. Um, I work better having particular points. So what my plan is, is I'm going to take some time and go through each character's story arc and just make sure I've got the main points that I want each one to hit in this book. Um, like I've, I've gotten to the point where I know where they're at at the end of each book, mm. but I don't always know the, the parts in, in between yeah, the yeah. beginning and the end. So I need to hit some specific, yep, I definitely want this to happen. I definitely want that to happen. And then we can aim towards it. Um, and also, because there are so many POV characters now, um, Kyle and Darian are my main still, and they need to get the lion's share of the chapters. I need to work out, well, over how many chapters can I tell mm. their story? 
and however how many chapters I got to tell the story of Megara um, or uh, Savani. Um, and that also changes how much uh, freedom, I guess, I have to allow the, char- the, the, the story that they're going through to expand. Yeah. That being said, writing Starbinder, it did want to explode into a novel. It did mm. want to get bigger. And I kind of put my foot down. It was like, nope, 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 nope. <laughs> it can't <laughs> be a novel. It's a novella. I don't have time to write an entire novel. I've got to yeah, get back yeah. to book two. So, um, yeah, it had it had exploded a lot and I cut, cut it right, right back. Um, and I'm happy with where I cut where I where I cut it to, um, and what it is. It's just a snapshot. It's a it's a one night um, adventure of events mm. that happen in one evening from dusk to nightfall um, and the stuff that goes on. But there's like oh, that's a lot cool. to unpack in it. Yeah. Now, so I, I forgot to ask you this earlier, but now I really am interested. Could you possibly in the future see this character and this group of people with the Wanderers? Could you see it as like your, you know, like a whole series, two thousand years, you know, before Blood of the Spear? Uh maybe. I will say that you do see Rihanna again. Mm. You do see the Wanderers again, although unless you've picked something up in Starbinder, then you may not realize that you're seeing them again. Mm. Um, And there is a standalone novel I have in my head that starts 18 years before Blood of the Spear. Oh, that's cool. Um, About Rihanna. And and it continues, which is really weird to say. So, yeah, uh, 2,500 years later. However, (laughs) um, there there is a... um, you find out pretty early in Starbinder there. Um, one of the things the Starbinders do is anybody who's read um, Terry Brooks, uh, the Shannara Chronicles, and the Druids who go into the Druid sleep mm. and then wake up again and they haven't aged 100 years later. There's a similar type of thing oh, for that's the Starbinders. Cool. So, um, there, yeah, there's a similar type of thing there. So, Rihanna will be seen again later and is involved in the blood of the spear as well and when you get to the end of starbinder you actually understand how that is possible Um, but yeah there's an idea for a a standalone book with her um set 18 years before blood uh blood of the sphere but when do i write it yeah i found that i can't really work on two stories at once um i have to focus on one at a time so while i was doing starbinder um, book two was on hold and it's only just been picked up again now that basically I finished almost all the production on Starbinder so the ebook's done the, the, the manuscript is completed it's been edited it's been copy um, the copy edit's been done and the proofing's been done the ebook file is available 
Um, I've even got the files for a print version, so it will be available to buy in paperback. And oh, that's awesome. For those who want it, a physical copy. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, that will be available shortly. I'm just waiting on the cover design to be completed. Uh, well, like it's it's been done, but it was originally only going to be ebook, so we only did enough for an ebook cover. Um, so I need the wraparound yeah, um, yeah, yeah. now and um, Sean, who's my cover designer, is working on that. I had spoken to Felix about extending the artwork out, which he said he could do, but he didn't think would be 100% really necessary. So I spoke to Sean and Sean's got an idea of what we can do for a wraparound for the back cover. And that we, the idea is that whatever he does for that, we will probably keep for the design format of any future novellas I might do mm. for the series as well. Oh, that's cool. So that'd be really cool. That would be really cool. Yeah. Like I, I, yeah. I think it's cool when people do like, I think like, um, like Hannah, like HM long, like, um, you know, with, with her, um, series, it just, it's cool how each cover is different, but they also match. Like, I don't, I, you know me, like I love, I love graphic design. So those little, little, little things here and there like really draw me in so that'd be yeah. really cool i'm yeah. sorry guys on online um if you guys don't know so we're talking about felix ortiz so if you have not seen mark's book you need to go see it i've talked about it before it's definitely my favorite cover um particularly indie cover um I'm blowing it up at some point when i get my basement redone uh and framing that one along with a, cu a couple of other felixes i just when I see it still, like, uh, hold on. As I was going to say, I actually have it propped right up on my bookshelf. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like when I have trouble um, coming up with something, I look at your book cover and um, I go back through and I'm like, okay, I'm good now. And I, yeah. it, it just, it's one of those that just draws me into the genre and I'm really excited. I got um, a couple of reviews that I'm about to get done. Um, and then once I get those done, um, I'm on yours. So I'm really excited for the summer. So um, yes. yeah, but I just constantly like, I keep looking over there and I'm like, I can do this after I'm like, oh, I don't think I can anymore. But yeah. And um, you're, you're talking about um, Sean. So for our audience, uh, so you'd be Sean T King. Um, so if you guys have not seen that their work, um, you know, make sure, you know, you go and check them out because they're absolutely brilliant and they are helping, um, you know, along with um, authors such as Mark here uh, are helping to restructure our indie fantasy genre. So they've been doing an amazing job and um, yeah, I absolutely love their work. So you guys will too. <laughs> yeah, for sure. They're great. I keep, I call it a, um, anytime somebody asks me about the cover, it's like, yep, it's another Ordus King production. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. I like that a lot. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, I'm going to have to use that in the future. I'm going to steal that. I'm going to give you credit <laughs> for it. I'm definitely stealing that one. Uh, so I guess you kind of answered number four. So did you, so I actually am curious about this for world building. So you had the world building, you know, for Blood of the Spear. So would you say you just updated the world building based off, I know you went, you know, you went back in time. But did you did you just update some of the world building and yeah. did you add the wanderers then for this one? No, the wanderers were already a thing for the original prologue. Did you like just expand pieces. then? Yeah, so I didn't even have to expand them much oh, cool. at all. What I needed to do is change the 
the references to or the type of magic that was being used because the Shalloway magic, like I said, has a very, um, it's that whole Arthur C. Clarke thing when um, that a significantly advanced technology should be indistinguishable, Mm. it's probably indistinguishable from magic. Yep, yep. And it links into a theme in this whole story that humanity is not native to this planet Mm. that they're on and they come from a starfaring civilization oh that's cool so while the majority of humanity has forgotten that the order of the shallowway starbinders has not and they have to a degree um in different forms kept that alive within their order and in their strongholds mm. um, and also utilized um, the magic that's native that that there that humanity has discovered in mm. this planet that's not to say there is no magic in anywhere else in the universe but yeah. humanity hadn't had its eyes open to how to, to touch touch it before when before hmm. they came here and now that is a thing so there is a um it's cool. a kind of a, a merge or a melding of that magic and the technology um for the starbinders um and because of the sundering and the war of the summoners before that um a, all, a lot of all that stuff has been forgotten um and and because of the magic humanity discovered when they came here and the civilization that the summoners had built was so advanced and so far beyond what even the um, starfaring ancestors of humanity had, that the technology was no longer needed kind of thing. Um, Then when everything collapsed during the war of the summoners and the subsequent sundering, um, they're been reduced to a quasi-medieval state Mm. um uh but yeah um the the shallow way still remember um although Mm. they are much reduced um from what they were previously Mm. which is all part of what rihanna is involved in now so Sounds really cool. So yeah, so I didn't need to do a lot of changes, what a a lot of reworking. Um, There was a particular, like I said, it was omniscient narration. Um, There was a slightly different star master of the um, order of the summoners, uh, the summoners Mm -hmm. order of the starbinders. Changed him around. Um, changed the place that he okay so (laughs) there was a very specific place that he was working from in the original prologue um, which in the change to novella um, I updated to Aleph Tor which is the um, cradle of the stars the oh that's cool um, the actual uh main stronghold of the Starbinders, which is in the middle of the Black Sands Desert in Amaria. And um, that he wasn't, that wasn't a thing when I wrote the prologue. Um, It was only as I went through writing The Blood of the Spear later um, Mm. that I came up with that. Um, 
and the place that he was at in the prologue will actually be in book two. Oh, that's um, cool. As Alanafel, which is another outpost of the Starbinders. Um, oh, that's cool. But, yeah, which we've just heard for the first time in chapter two that I just wrote in book two. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Um, so, yeah, so there was tweaking, bringing things into line, um, uh, understanding exactly what the Starbinders were, were, were more defined now that I had um, written more of the blood of the spear um, brought the world building into focus a bit more um, knowing what they were working with um, understanding the relationship between the void uh, so desmata which is the power of the void and asai which is the power of the light of the eye or the eye of eternity um, which is the series name and is based on the um, the magic is a sigh. It's it's the, an energy of creation of um, um, and Desmata is the antithesis of that. It comes from the void. Um, so understanding more of the creatures of the void, demons, hmm. um, the Ave or the um, Dashave, who are Ave who follow the void <laughs> um, and wield Desmata. Um, stuff like that. I brought all that sort of stuff into it. So it's a tiny book, right? Yeah. yeah. And there's like a lot of reference to things without, <laughs> and I don't feel it overwhelmed because um, I've been told it's a really good introduction to the greater world. So you can pick that up as your starting point, or you can read the Blood of the Spear first and then go oh, and read cool. this. And that was my other question. Pick up, yeah, and pick up Easter eggs that are from things that were referenced. Um, in Blood of the Spear, you get a little bit more answers, or there is a gasp moment at the end of it for people who've read Blood of the Spear. Oh, okay. Um, so that and that worked really well. I was really pleased that that still worked. So, um, because it's so hard when you write it, because I know what it is, right? <laughs> it's like, have I hidden this? Is this? Is this a thing that people will be like, oh, I didn't know that was. And my editor had her gasp moment and uh, Rowena oh, that's cool. did a review for me. It was just like, I had no idea until the end. Oh, that's cool. And I'm like, yes. That, that, that's <laughs> got to feel really good. <laughs> it does. Yeah, it is. Good. That's awesome. I have a lot of uh, those moments in my book one. So I hope that, hope I can hit them. <laughs> so I definitely, yeah, cool. definitely know that feeling. Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's really cool. But you got me really excited now. So I'm, like I said, I have just a couple of reviews to get done um, this month. I, I'm not doing very many. I'm pretty much just doing, I did like two just because I, there were people that I'm just doing people I had on the podcast, to be quite honest. Yeah. And um, people like yourself, no offense to anybody. If you want me to do them, I, I just have people like Mark who, have been with me for a while and you know who I really want to read books and now I get an excuse to put content on the channel as well as you know try and get their books out there so I know people keep asking me I, I'd be more than happy to um, but I have people that like Mark who I would like to help first um, and have promised uh, spots to well, so that's good. I'd be really <laughs> keen on what you think to hear what you think yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just so excited to, you know, to get to talk to you about it. And I also want to do spoiler episodes, too. Um, so ah. We'll post it everywhere and talk for the first 10 minutes. That way people will know it's a spoiler. Um, but uh, yeah, I really I'm really looking forward to that 
from a writer's perspective. Um, so I'm hoping to do some dissection there um, in the future. So I'm really excited. Yours is one of the first ones on my list. So if you're interested, I'd, I'd love to set that up at some point after yeah, the summer sure. when I'm good to go. You and I are so similar, you know, in terms of things. And I know some people in the audience are like, did Dan steal the void from Mark's book? I did not. I had no, <laughs> no idea that Mark was like, doing that. And it sounds similar. But <laughs> and yeah, I yeah. was like, you've been working on this for 20 years. And then I read <laughs> read um, the first Stormlight Archive by Sanderson. And he's got the void in it. And I'm like, yep. no. Yeah. But yeah. Well, and so I did. Like, um, oh, should oh, I change um, it to the Abyss instead? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I then the Abyss is Dragonlance for those who've read Dragonlance. <laughs> so I was like, oh. It is. No, I'm just going to keep it as the void. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. You know, well, it just goes to well, it just goes to show that how you, myself, or Brandon, both have like the same thing, and it's similar, but at the same time, you know, we each went our own separate way with it, and I think it's a really cool study on that. You know, that people always say like, "Oh, they're going to steal my idea," and it's like, are they really though? Like, unless they steal your book, they're not stealing your idea because you're going to write that book, you know, differently and. I've always wanted to do that. Like you and me, we have like come up with like the same outline, but write <laughs> the book. I just think it would be an interesting um, like exercise, but yeah. nobody's got time for that. So <laughs> one of these days yeah, it's like not, I want to do not it. Not when you're publishing a series. It's like <laughs> exactly. there are people who do want to read the next book, Mark. It's like, yeah, cool. Yep. Yeah, going to do it. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. yeah but fair. like, you know, even the the um, the name of the series, The Eye of Eternity, right? Like I first came across that in Janny Wurtz's book, A Sorcerer's Legacy. Mm. And I was like, The Eye of Eternity what that just like it was like poetry to me i loved yeah. it and made my imagination come alive so i've always remembered it and oh, i'm like cool. that's going to be my series the eye of eternity mm. and then there was a author by the name of maggie fury who wrote a book called the eye of eternity in the early 2000s i think mm. and then world of warcraft renamed a battleground the eye of eternity I'm just <laughs> like bloody hell all these people are using eye of eternity before i finished my book and got it out there yeah, and yeah, so yeah. then i wasn't going to use it and then i got to the point where it was just like you know what it doesn't matter there's like i think um there is an author who has got a fairly um uh, she, it's an indie author she's i think it's ml spencer actually the Dark Maid series. I was reading that, and her two protagonists are very similar to names to Carl and Darian. And mm. I'm just like, they're my half brothers in the blood of the spear. And I'm like, no, I have to <laughs> change it now. And then I decided, you know what? I did try actually. I tried changing Darian's name because it was a little too close to. It was exactly the same as hers, I think. Um, and I, and it just didn't work for me. I couldn't, I couldn't read the new name I'd written. And it's like, yeah, oh, yeah, I've done that, Darian. yeah. So I'm like, no, nah, I've gone back to it. It's a different story. They yeah, are different yeah. characters. There's going to be some overlap. And there's just the way that the, I don't know, the zeitgeist works that people yeah. just tap into this creative energy and some things overlap. So. Well, I mean, you know, I, I just think that there's like, you know, my friend was saying, he's like, there's only so many words in the English language. Eventually, you know, yeah. he's like, how many books have people written over, you know, are, you know, our lifetime, if you will, as a species. And I'm yeah. like, it's true, you know, especially now with social media and, you know, like, you know, you look at, you know, um, cause I was talking to my friend about that where you were said the void. I was like, Oh my gosh, you know, and we had discussed it with my best friend. And I was like, he's like, well, you know, you guys have 
similar reading interests, you know, and things you really love. And, you know, when you're talking about, you know, the flame in the void from Wheel of Time, he's like, you know, there or it's like Terry Goodkind, you know, yeah. with the void. He's like, there's only so much, you know, you can do. And he's like, you and Mark are both, you know, in a lot of ways, paying homage to a lot of those yeah. things that you've read. And I said, well, that's true. So I said, I will probably have, you know, very similar things. He's like, you guys just be book brothers. I was like, that's fair. You know, that's fair. Yeah. So, yeah. So I thought that was interesting. Uh, Definitely. Yeah. It'd be interesting if people did a study, like a research study on that, like why that is. I would, I would totally read that study. I just think it'd be interesting, but all right. So for my favorite part, because like I said, I'm really interested in novellas. I can't ever seem to write one. They just turn into novels. Uh, but what is your advice for somebody who is trying to write a novella? Yeah, that's a really difficult one for me because I hadn't planned to write from scratch a novella. It was like, it was the whole, I've got a prologue and I can expand that into a, into a short story, which is basically, you know, it could be a novella. Um, beginning, middle and end. Have a beginning, middle and end. Keep it tight. Um, I think, um, oh, what's her name? She does um, writing excuses with Brandon. Mary. Oh my Robinette gosh. Coel. Co Co Mary, I listen. Robert. I listen to them every day on the way to school. Yeah, <laughs> I know oh, who you're I'm talking so about. Sorry, I know who she is. I'm blanking. And she too. does. Yeah, Mary. It was a Mary Robinette. 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 I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, she did um a lecture in Brandon's um creative writing course about novels, and she talks oh, about okay. um she talks about novellas and oh, okay. the difference between because she does really well with novellas she does a lot of them and look to oh. be honest with you i didn't listen to her full talk because i wasn't writing from scratch i was like no this little prologue has a beginning it has a middle and an end i just want to expand it right yeah yeah um and so i just went i i i'm very much self-taught with writing so maybe I'm doing things wrong. Maybe there are easier ways or better ways. <laughs> I think to we're do all doing it wrong. <laughs> but um, I just kind of follow the feel of the story I want to read. Like I said to you, it did want to expand. It wouldn't want to go further. More characters came into it. And that's the other thing. Apparently, you meant to keep it um, tight in terms of characters not a lot of characters or not a lot of characters you spend time with yeah yeah um but as the things the story progressed it became necessary to my mind for these characters to come into it um so it did expand a little bit there and it could have gone more um longer there was a in my mind a question mark about the introduction of a particular scene towards the end my um, proofreader questioned it as well she had the same question I had so I think she and I are probably right but some of my other readers felt that the story arc for this character was left hanging mm -hmm. and needed to be resolved or have a resolution so I put it in but it didn't main nurses and my main editor, um, AJ Spedding, when she read it, I asked her about it. She felt that it worked. She, mm. she felt that it was fine. Um, so I'm kind of like, and nobody else has questioned it, to be honest. So maybe it does. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they haven't said it to my face. Um, 
so I wanted to give some resolution to, to his arc um, as kind of hint that it isn't over, but this is where we're at. And it's mm. not just, you're not just hanging. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I put that in um, and just tried to contain the story. I didn't let it go too far. Um, it, it's a case of knowing the direction you're, you're going and making sure you're keeping the horse on track. The horse wants to wander off. It's like, no, no, you pull the reins back and you redirect them back in the right in the right yeah, direction. Yeah. That's the best um, uh, analogy I have for it, I guess. Um, make sure you have a beginning, a middle, and an end. Keep your characters, keep it to minimal characters. There are too many characters in it, is the advice I've been given. Um, and yeah, just tell the tell a story the best way you can and make sure it's something you would want to read because I think that's the most important thing for mm. any story you might write if it's not something you want to read if you're bored in any part of it and not just bored because you've been going over it a hundred times and have reread the same thing but you're just like this is you're actually saying to yourself as you're writing this is boring yeah. this doesn't feel like it's going anywhere or there's something missing well then there probably is your yeah. subconscious telling you that so you know put it down think about it what how can you do something differently i often find that with writing if i get writer's block it's because i've written myself into a corner and i'm yeah, yeah. following the story in a way it shouldn't be going yeah and i'll go back three or four pages or to the start of the scene that I'm in and may completely discard what I've written and take it a different direction or from a different angle and and it starts flowing again. So I think, you know, listen to yourself if if you're feeling this isn't working. Maybe it does need the introduction of another character, but try and keep it minimal um, and keep your beginning, middle and end really relevant. I that's great advice. I, you know, like I said, I, before we started uh, filming i've i just got this one thing i just want to get out I, it's just a novella it was a short story for um oh um why can't i think of what it's called you know like the collection of short stories why can't think of the word thank you so i got invited to do an anthology and i was like oh, okay i'll just do this quick story and i was like oh that would be such a cool yeah, novella. i had a friend of um, oh. a friend of mine was also talking about doing an anthology of australian indie science fiction oh that'd be cool writers, right that'd and i was cool. like oh my god an anthology that's a short story what do i have that could be a short story do <laughs> i have a short story and that was one of the things as well that i was thinking about which is where <laughs> the idea for the standalone story with rihanna set mm. um, 18 years before the start came from it was originally in my head a short story and it has expanded to a novel to a full standing standalone novel <laughs> Uh, that is connected to the rest of the series, but is not part, is not a series itself. And I'm just like, I can't help. I like book, I like big books. I cannot lie. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it's just like Fair. when I think of story, I think of saga. Yeah. It's like yeah. I don't think of short. Um, so, yeah, it's... Um, keep the keep the, the novella... Keep, the, keep it small. Keep the cast small keep the and also just with my own stories as well just accept that there is a world around what you're writing Mm. that just because this particular story has ended stuff is still going to happen to the characters later yeah yeah. it happened to the characters before you got to them 
yeah. other things are going on elsewhere. It's like you're taking a snapshot and encapsulating this event. Like we all have things that happen to us in little incidents that might go for a mm. couple of days, but they resolve. Yeah, right? yeah. That's like what you what you're doing with a novella. It's like yeah. what's the story? What's the thing that's happened to you, and how are you going through it? And that's what you're telling. And if it it's a piece of a puzzle it fits into the bigger picture sure it's one of the things that robert jordan always said that he had planned to finish the will of time and have it that yeah well that story's finished but there's other stuff going on he won't write the story about it the world keeps going after he's finished telling the story he said in it and it's like yeah the world definitely keeps going and i mm. know where it's going at the end of um starbinder and readers will see some of that um in blood of the spear and in the standalone novel, novel that i will get out at some stage um and it's going to be there i mean i had one reader who i work with she's um a buyer of children's um fiction for the company i work for and she's just like oh, i want more I want more right away. She wanted, she's like, are we going to see any more of this? Does this happen? What's happened with that? And I'm just like, oh, well, yeah, you do see this and you will see more of that. And yeah, she just wanted more. So, Sounds like a perfect novella to have attached yeah. to your newsletter, at, you know, and yeah. for people to sign up then. Like, that's a really great, I think that's yeah. a great strategy and a really great sign personally. I'm, I'm ready. Like, I'm, I'm like, okay, let's do this thing. I've already signed up for your newsletter. But um, but I'm ready. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm ready. I just yeah, that's where I um, I must have just just missed it. So then when I had seen you know you were like kind of peaked the cover the other day on social media, yeah. I was like, wait a minute. I was like, that news like yeah, you're, was, you're one of the really, few people that goes to my author email. Everybody else goes right. to my private email, you know, because I just had business stuff. But that one went right in there, and I was like, how did I miss that? So I like went down yeah. and looked at it right away. So I was really excited. Oh, cool. Now just read Blood of the Spear and then read Starbinder. Not that other people need to do it that way, but yeah. <laughs> I prefer to do, I prefer to do that. So I, you know, like I've been reading the lead child books. Um, so I, I like to read them. I do like to read things in publication work as a writer, because I like to learn mm. along with the author, you know, cause I just think I get more out yeah. of it, you know, and I'm seeing where Lee child with the killing floor then went back into the enemy, which is like not a prequel, but it's before killing floor right. and like right before. And I just, you know, I, I just feel like I learned more that way. So definitely gonna be reading this one first, but yeah, yeah I'm definitely ready for, you know, to read Starbinder as well. So, yeah. All right. Well, they're totally blanking on this one. Oh yeah. Yeah. So we already talked about, you know, um, Sean T King did your lettering. Um, yeah, yeah. And then, you know, Felix Ortiz did your art. So uh, if you guys have not checked out um, by now, um you know mark's book starbinder definitely do it i mean absolutely looks amazing like i said it to me it looked i i was so shocked it just looks like a brandon sanderson book to me um i think it just captures the genre really well and i think you're going to get a lot of you know positive feedback on it and i i just i liked how it matched the feeling yeah. of you know blood of the spirit but also it was, you know did its own thing you know what i mean yeah. like Artwork and cover design um, are a significant investment in um, in producing a book. And 
there are routes that you can go that are cheaper than others. Um, Felix and Sean aren't particularly cheap, but I think they're worth their weight in gold in what, yeah, they, yeah. what they bring. And when I was thinking about a cover for this, I was considering going totally different route for this because it's not part of the main series, although it's loosely connected. And then other people were like, oh no, you should, it should be the same. And I'm like, you know what? <laughs> I just love what they did with with um, Blood of the Spear. So, okay. And um, because again, it was originally only going to be a cover for an ebook. It wasn't um, as pricey as, as what was required for Starbinder, uh, for Blood of the Spear. But um, that is expanding out now as well. So, you know, but that's okay. <laughs> Because I think it's worth it, and I really yeah. love it. Like the, it's not a wow action-packed scene, but like the colors and just the actual scene that is in the book is just like, yeah, that's the scene, that's Rihanna. Um, yeah, I fucking love it. Excuse my French. Sorry. Oh, it's fine. We, we speak <laughs> French on here quite often. So. <laughs> Good. <laughs> um, yeah, no. Um, yeah, I really, really like it. It, it encapsulates perfectly the the world as well i mean one of the things that um when so when in the process felix will start you know gets uh, talks to me about the book and talks about different scenes and characters and what you know things look like and we'll go away and start working on it and then sends um drafts back and as he gets closer to towards uh finished product we then involve sean in the emails as well because sean's going to be coming in with the lettering and the, de the design on it and he asked for feedback and stuff and sean was like oh it's got a kind of a um science fiction feel in that sky sort of thing and i'm like yeah well that's not entirely inaccurate yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> in it which is like really that's interesting um didn't realize that about your story i'm like yeah and because the world sobia has a a ring they call it the sormaline span and um it glitters in the night sky bands the heavens across the um the northern the well across the middle so basically where athme the continent they're on is the southern continent continent so they see the sormaline span is in the northern hemisphere oh that's cool east through west um so that's a, a particular thing that's a aspect of this world and um past the Sormaline span is the nebula that they call the eye of eternity and oh, that's um, cool. the legend has it that that is the actual center of the universe of this particular um planet is very close to the center of all creation and the nebula that is the eye of eternity where or the light of the eye comes from physically and metaphysically um is visible from this planet and um it's like yep cool <laughs> so that's super cool yeah put all of that in there it's yeah. all part of the like and then i get some people like it's a good book but there's so much law but then you know we i worked really hard to avoid info dumping hmm. um and have been praised by some people for it um and that is the story is really character driven so you know, uh, I've got a, a, a glossary at the back, which is really hefty. Um, some people like it and some people are uh, really intimidated by it. But I don't think a glossary necessarily needs 
to be read from start to finish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you, you just use it when like, you need it's to. It's like if I come to a to a, to a term in a book and I don't know what it is, it's like, is there a glossary? Oh, there is a glossary. What's that? All oh, right, okay, cool. And I go back. And that was one of the things I loved about the Wheel of Time and yeah, the yeah, Eternity yeah. when I got it. It's like there's this I like the Malazan like Book of the Fallen too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it's just like, to me, that's exciting. It's like, oh, this Yeah, is it's like, really buckle up. Like, Yeah, it's like, this yeah. is a rich world. This is yeah, yeah. stuff in it that I'm not going to know about. I mean, I'm looking at it right now. It really doesn't seem, I mean, it doesn't seem hefty to me. I mean, it seems yeah. like, you know, pretty on point for, you know, and yeah, it yeah, seems pretty on point may, for the genre. It may I mean, seem bigger in ebook format. I probably. Guess. I feel like everything yeah. does in ebook format. Yeah. That's why I have trouble reading an ebook because I'm like, oh, I just read this. And I'm like, I think I, I think I want to turn off. <laughs> I think I want to like turn off the percentages, you know, like if I can. And, you know, instead of seeing that, because I just want to read, but, you know, and get yeah. through chapters. But I feel like it throws me off when I've read 10 pages. But then it's only five. Like, it just throws a, me yeah, off. I've gotten used to looking at the um, how many more minutes are in this chapter. Oh, that's because good because um, when I'm reading a physical book, I can like flip to see when's the next chapter coming up and be like, oh, it's not very far away, you know, because they oh, it's three or four pages. But in an ebook, it's like I've got no idea how far away it is. I don't yeah, know what yeah. location means. Location means nothing to me. Yeah. But if it says Based, and because the reading time is obviously based on how you quickly you've been turning pages. Yeah. And they're like, yep, it's like you've got another three minutes in this chapter. I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, I've got three minutes to, fi- to finish this chapter mm. before I have to want to go and do something else or need to, need to do something else. Um, so I'm like, yep, cool. That's a good thing to look at. Yeah. yeah I, like, yeah. I like that. And that's mm. something I do have a kin- an actual Kindle. I think I've got a paper white, but <laughs> actually, I don't prefer to read on the Kindle app on my iPad. Um, and that's where I see the um, the the um, time left in chapter stuff. Though I'm sure yeah, yeah. White has something similar on it, but I just I, that's when I started reading Kindle was on iPad. They gave me back in Arizona, and I I flew through so many. I flew through um, David Degliesh's um, oh his like uh, like the Half Work series. I forget what it's called, mm. but it was brilliant. Book one was brilliant, like absolutely brilliant. And I, I flew through it on the iPad. And then on my phone, I was like, oh, it's just kind of small. And yeah, like the Kindle too. Like I got like a kind of bigger, like the paperweight. And I thought, oh, it'll be fine because it's bigger than my phone. But I was like, no, I think I just miss it on the iPad. <laughs> and I don't yeah. have an iPad. So I'm like, oh, I'm like, now I got to get an iPad. And yeah, I like, I or I could just get the paperback. Mine. <laughs> Mine's yeah. really old and it's um, actually slowing down a lot. So I have yeah, to wait yeah. for it to load. Once it's loaded, it's fine. But like the wait time. Yeah. But I love having it on the iPad and on my phone because they sync. Yep. And if I'm somewhere, it's like, oh, I've got like two minutes. I don't have my iPad here. I've got my phone. I just pull it out. <laughs> I can just read a couple of pages on the phone, yep. put it away, open the iPad. The iPad syncs to where I was up to and go back to it. It's like, cool. Got a little bit of a snapshot done. Yeah, yeah, Easy. yeah. It is nice when you're at like a doctor's office or something. You're like, oh, if yeah. you're, I, I usually like the paperbacks um, yeah. when I'm traveling somewhere at home. I like my Kindle. I just, my wife's like, well, the whole point of the Kindle was to travel. I'm like, I'm just afraid it's going to break. And I don't, I like it. So I don't want it to break, even though I have a case for yeah. it. But yeah, I just, I just, I'm just used to the paperbacks, I guess. I'm, I'm, I'm old in that regard. I just, no, no, I like too. feeling don't get it. Me wrong. <laughs> I was, I never thought I'd um, turn to ebooks ever yeah, when yeah. they first came out. I'm like, give me an actual physical book yep. but i am a convert 
<laughs> he looks like I'm convert. And I like being able to, to carry my entire library with me wherever I go. It, you know, it is nice. That's the one thing where I'm like, oh, like we were traveling somewhere. I was just not really in the mood. And but I was trying to get, you know, something read. And, yeah. you know, because I was like my minutes for that day. So I've been trying to get better at that because, you know, writing, like I was saying before, writing's been hard to read at the same time. I'm like, I got to keep reading in order to do X, Y, and Z. And so I've been trying to do like 30 minutes a day at least. So I was going through, I think I read three different, some of three different books, but you know, I got like five, you know, five pages or five minutes, whatever it was done for a couple of different books, but it was nice because I got to flip flop. Whereas otherwise I would just have, you know, the, the one book on me <laughs> and I wouldn't be able to do that. And then I probably wouldn't have read for 30 minutes. So it is yeah. nice to have the, the whole library at your disposal. But, for sure. Yeah. All right. Well, for that last one there, uh, obviously, you know, your Starbinder novella is out for your newsletter. Uh, any other news and updates for that project or any other current projects you're working on? Um, there, I guess that there will be physical copies of Starbinder available. I'm excited about that. <laughs> yeah, so they are coming. There'll be, and because it's a small, it's a novella, so they're not going to be really large. Um, so it will actually be a small size. My Blood of the Spear is is hardcover and trade paperback format only. Um, yes, the paperback same size as the hardcover, basically. Um, so the paperback small of Starbinder and a small hardcover of Starbinder will be available at Amazon and Book Depository and hopefully uh, the Broken Binding. I have to email them when it's available and let them know because uh, they do have um, signed book plates from me as well. So oh, okay. the Blood of the Spear from them, they put a signed book plate in for you and hopefully they will be able to do the same with Starbinder. Um, that's coming um a new edition of blood of the spear is coming too in that there will be the only change is that there are going to be chapter icons added um a slight update to the cover we're going to have jenny Wurtz's cover quote on the front of it um uh, my publishing company has a logo and stuff now so they'll go on the spine and things like that um and the hardcover is being updated to have an actual hardcover case uh, that will be thematically the same throughout the rest of the entire series. So including Starbinder. So the hardcover Starbinder will have a case. And I'm really excited to show that, share that when we get it finished. Um, and otherwise, I'm working on book two as we speak. Um, if you want a copy of Starbinder and ebook, sign up to my newsletter and you're welcome. Email will have the link to download it on um, for EPUB or Mobi versions. Um, yeah promise not to spam you um, <laughs> i don't get I a lot from you out, i get them every once in a you while need to but... check your um spam <laughs> filters then they should be going out every fortnight but i am scaling back so i can do focus more on writing book two so uh once a month a newsletter will come out maybe twice if i've got something new or really exciting to share um i'm planning to put little more snippets that aren't spoilers if i can in things um your newsletter subscribers will always get first glimpse of the cover even before it's been revealed publicly um and all the newsletter subscribers got access to starbinder before <laughs> it was announced <laughs> it looks so good <laughs> i'm really excited i don't know if i can i don't know if i can wait i might have to i might have to skip ahead to starbinder and then come back yeah. oh, <laughs> i'm gonna maybe. try it. there um 
is going to be signed and numbered hardcovers of Starbinder available for oh, okay. as well, which will go be notified when it's available through the newsletter. Um, so unfortunately, um, postage overseas is expensive, but it's a smaller book, so it won't be as expensive as um, uh, The Blood of the Spear was. But that is happening. Well, I'm excited to get both of those. My wife's going to be like, why do you have two copies? I'm like, <laughs> I'll have to send you. Like, but it's one. different, yeah. though. It's going to be it is different. different. And the inside, <laughs> the take the dust jacket off, we'll have a different. Yeah, that's the thing I'm really excited about. I'm like, and when I send out those directly, you get a um a bookmark, and there are bookmarks for Starbinder. I had a a friend came recently, and uh, I have I have that bookmark um set aside, um separately, um protected. So (laughs) he goes, "Why is this bookmark by itself?" I said, "Have you seen this bookmark?" (laughs) I said, "Nobody touches that." But I said, "It doesn't go in books." I said, "It just sits there." Wait one second, and I've got something to show you. Hold on. Exclusive. Okay. One minute. Hold on. I'm so excited. So, again, for our YouTube audience, so I have uh, Mark's book here, and it's absolutely incredible. So I'm really excited to start this for my first summer read and review for this upcoming summer. And I tried pulling up my email to show you Starbinder, but for some reason it's not popping up. So make sure you subscribe to Mark's newsletter. That way you can see what his book looks like because it looks absolutely incredible. So I did update those bookmarks a little bit to... to Oh, with blood oh, of the spear on the back of them. Right. Of the oh spear, man! Yeah. And Starwinder. Oh, oh wow! Starwinder on it. I anyway, love so... how you did that on the back. That looks. I have not seen that. Yeah. That look. That looks really good. I was like, I need to put more stuff on it. Like, I actually need to put my name and like maybe stuff like here's my website as well and where you can buy it. But at the moment, that's what they're at. And um, yeah, buy from me directly via my newsletter. Just send me an email, <laughs> and you get an e- you get a bookmark for free. And I've got little stickers of that Cadernia symbol, the Eye of Eternity. Oh. There are stickers. <laughs> it's like Christmas, Mark. <laughs> I didn't know we were going to be talking about all this. Like, all right. So oh, these are all awesome. the things that I've got. Anyway, so oh, there's cool. all this marketing paraphernalia, um, and hopefully, you know people get interested in the series and talk about it on instagram and stuff and post their pictures with all the things so yeah <laughs> we have to make, make, a, make a t-shirt uh, make a t-shirt when we uh yeah. head out to the comic cons and let's we'll yeah, give some Cadonius of those away yeah i'll, I'll, I'll support um, it yeah get some um coffee mugs some yeah, yeah, yeah. With the Cadonius on it. oh my gosh yeah i'm gonna totally do that uh my buddy he he, he does that um people send them to him on his podcast um and i i always listen to him on you know on like spotify but yeah he's like yeah i got my mug today and on youtube if you watch it he has he's got like whoever the author is that he's talking about for reviewing and i'm like that's a good advertising tactic for you know for those authors he's like yeah now everybody has bugs but he has like stickers and stuff you know he'll like like oh let me see my notebook and then yeah i'm like oh that's a good ploy so 
yeah i'm always telling them i'm like i'm about to do that for people that you know i really like their stuff uh, like you and like christopher g breading i'll just have to fan club and and do that for <laughs> but <laughs> well that is super exciting mark i'm i'm so glad you know to see so many cool things that you have and you know i know we've had this you know talk before but i i do really feel you know in terms of um you know in terms of covers and you know in terms of you know just different things that you're doing i definitely feel that you are building your brand very well so I hope that other people see that and we, you know, you just propel. I, I have a really great feeling book two in particular for you. I've just had that feeling since I've, you know, seen your book and start talking on Twitter. I just, I feel, I, I don't know why I, I usually don't feel it for people, but I feel like book twos for whatever yeah. reason is going to okay. be it. I hope it's we'll, just Starbinder. Personally. We're working on it. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know yeah. I am very excited for it, but again, you know, Mark, if there's anything, you know, that I can do to help you out, uh, in any way, just, just message me. Um, uh, so don't forget people in the audience, uh, you know, you can go back. Uh, me and Mark had a couple technical difficulties when we um, went and filmed season one. So we actually made a couple different episodes back to back to back. Uh, and we had quite a bit to talk about there in terms of craft and uh, particularly things on book one. So please make sure you also go back and either take a listen or watch those as well. Um, make sure you are going to Mark socials in the description. Uh, make sure you sign up for his newsletter. Obviously, like we were talking about, I've signed up for his newsletter. Uh, I don't sign up for many. So in our audience, I do want you to understand what I'm saying here. When I say, please sign up for Mark's, I don't sign up for many. I only sign up for certain people. And I did sign up for Mark's and his is the only one that goes to my author email, which is my private email for all my fun stuff. Usually I send it to my other email. So uh, make sure you do that for us. And I know you guys will not regret it. Uh, make sure you guys also will be on the lookout um, in the next month or so. Once I can get my other reviews done, uh, Mark again is going to be my first summer read and review mm -hmm. for the summer. So the blood of the spear, uh, I've been saving it because I didn't want to, I think I've said this to you before. I didn't want to be distracted uh, and I wanted to be able to enjoy it. So I've been, been awesome. trying to hold off. I, I was about, good. I almost broke my vow the other day and I was going to tear through it. I'm glad I didn't because then I would have been stopped and I don't want to be stopped. So I'm, I'm really, really excited. So I've been holding out for a while just with writing and things like that. And they keep staring at me from my shelf. So I'm really excited to get to it and to talk to you about it in our next interview. So again, if there's anything I can do for you, Mark, you let me know. And you know, Thank I'll be sharing you tag me in whatever you got on, you know, social media, Instagram, Twitter, you know, Facebook, stuff like that. And I will do my best to, to get everything out there for you, my friend. Will do. Thank you very much. Yep. 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 Well, you have a great rest of the day there, Mark. And I will talk to you on social media, my friend. Thanks. Thank you for having me. Great. Anytime, Mark. Anytime okay. you want to come on, you come on. Okay. Will do. <laughs> have a good one. Thanks. Bye. Bye.